Distancing Relationship, Episode 14, Relationship by Design, the podcast. My name is John Beethan, and for many of us during this time of physical distancing, we're finding ourselves at home, sheltered in place, and in close quarters with family members, and just maybe feeling a bit overwhelmed by it all. And as Lon and Sandy said in this episode, it could be said that family is a network of relationships. Head over to relationshipbydesign.com and go to the community page. At the bottom of the page, there's a place to sign up to receive notifications about their upcoming Zoom community calls, where you'll be emailed the unique links you'll need to join us on the calls. And we'd love to see you there. And you're sitting there knitting and talking while you're knitting? Uh, and how many are on Zoom at a time? Like two or three? Oh, or? I think we have five of us uh, together. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, and sometimes we're showing what we're knitting and talking about it or asking a question. But uh-huh. a lot of times it's inclusive of life and relationships and uh, politics. Yeah. politics and <laughs> all manner of things. Our children. Families. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Families. And that's that's connection. Yeah, exactly. Also, yeah. Uh, favorite um, programs that they like to say, like to watch and share with each other, and talk about fixing food and <clears throat> you know life. That's a nice. world of yeah. of connecting. And since we can't do it, you know, directly, this is uh-huh. the way we're doing it. Uh huh. So even before our current situation, you were able to. You did it too. Yes. Yeah. For, oh, yeah, because for yeah. a year, two years, something like that. Oh, my God. We had a larger group at that point uh-huh. in time. And uh-huh. then uh, that group kind of dispersed sometime last year, last fall, sometime. And then uh-huh. I just brought it back. Oh, nice. Yeah, with a certain group of people like Carol, Carol, and Kate, and Jill, and me. What are your hopes for that community call that we have once or twice a month? Well, uh, I think our hope is that people attend to uh, relationships uh, a lot more than they tend to other things, because in our view, relationships are really the fundamental or basic unit of existence in our world. So, uh, so if we have people engaging in relationships as much as they engage in knitting or as much they engage in shopping or uh, political conversations or whatever, if they had those kind of conversations uh, that expanded and presenced their relationships, mm-hmm. uh, we think that that would be a big boon uh, in our world. A friend of ours used to say uh, he had a he had another friend and he and he said if his name was Richard and he said if you ever talk to Richard you're going to talk about education because that's what Richard is all about. So uh, you might start yeah. talking about uh, I don't know uh, dinner, but the conversation will uh, pretty quickly shift over to education mm-hmm. and. Uh, I have this sense that we're kind of that way with regards to relationship. Yeah. It won't take too long if you're going to talk to uh, uh, Sandy and Lon (laughs) that the conversation is going to be about relationship. Yeah. uh, One way or another. Yeah. Uh, It's our passion. 
Yeah, I was telling Stephanie the other day that that San, I said, you know, Sandy and Lon, they don't uh, stray too far away from relationship. Yeah. So if we uh, start talking about automobiles pretty soon, it'll be relationship. Yeah. It might include yeah. automobiles, but it's going to it's going to definitely uh, be about relationship. And uh, and pretty much uh, all of it. Uh, I don't know that we have a lot of uh, intellectualism to offer. We don't have a lot of, uh, art to offer. We don't have a lot of much to offer other, except, uh, except for years of living in relationship. I was just thinking about us and kind of how we came upon relationship. Yeah. I think we came by quite honestly. I think we both grew up in a atmosphere in our family where, uh, you know, it was important. It had a focus for us. And although our families were quite different in their style and how they maybe, um, what you would say, operated in the world, they were uh-huh. different. Yeah. Nonetheless, both of us seemed to find ourselves from the very beginning of our relationship, which has now been 50 some odd years, <laughs> uh, 58 of them, uh, yeah. you know, it's been focused on family. Uh, from the very beginning, it was about our families that we talked a lot about. And then once we were actually together and started to have our own family, you know, our focus was greatly about that. I think it's natural. Mm. And so when we talk about relationship for us, relationship is natural. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, if you say we focus on our families, like they'll think about focusing on the individuals, mm-hmm. which is, I think was part of it. But at some moment, uh, we started to focus on family itself. Like what is the nature and design of family? What is it about family that has people behave the way they do in their families? Mm-hmm. What is it about family that has people uh, either kind of long for family or shun family? What mm-hmm. is it about families? Uh, not just the people in the family. So this isn't about uh, psychology, like finding out what people are, uh, I don't know what you call thinking or reacting to or whatever. This is about, you know, what about family itself? You know, Mm -hmm. what is the the nature and design of family? And we were uh, doing work on that for uh, a few years before uh, one family, the parents of one family said, you know, this looks like it would be very amenable to relationships. Mm -hmm. And then we thought about it. We said, well, okay, because it could be said that family is a network of relationships. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so maybe uh, they actually convinced us (laughs) that maybe that uh, working in the area of relationships would include family while family may not include relationships. So we went <laughs> one step closer uh, to the basic, I guess, when it comes right yeah. up to it. But uh, Sandy and I have this notion that after individual, all the rest is relationship, whether mm-hmm. it's a family relationship, community relationship, societal relationship, world relationship, if you will. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, uh, so we, for years did some work, quite a bit of work with individuals, but at some moment we thought what's missing here is families and relationship as themselves, not f- relationship through the individual, 
the mm-hmm. relationship itself. Yeah. And if we could kind of crack the code on the nature and design of relationship, we might actually start to understand uh, individual behavior a wholly different way. Uh-huh. So how did you go about cracking the code? Uh, to tell you the truth, Sandy and I sat uh, for about a week. <laughs> yes. On and off. We didn't sit for the whole week, but no. we were on a vacation and we uh, started to ask a question. It started with, you know, what is a relationship? Mm-hmm. Uh, and starting with, we don't know. And Good place to start. Yeah. yeah, and to tell you the truth, uh, <clears throat> I don't even know how it evolved, but all I know is that during the course of the week, we started to see aspects of relationship that was like, oh, and relationships are kind of like this, or mm-hmm. uh, this is what happens in relationships, or relationships uh, seem to appear this way. So it was mostly uh, mostly that, plus then looking at a way to, in a sense, reveal what we were discovering mm-hmm. in a way that could that other people could discover a similar thing. Mm-hmm. That is say, uh, how what was kind of the process that we went through uh, that allowed us to see what we began to see about relationships mm-hmm. and and could we replicate that process and maybe even streamline it so people could use that process, if you will, mm-hmm. which was all basically a conversation, you know, that you go through uh, steps of seeing this oh, and then that uh, illuminates something else, which illuminates something else, which illuminates something else. And pretty soon it was like, oh, my gosh, when we looked at it, this is what a relationship is. Yeah, we had the great good fortune of having many people who were willing to do this exploration with us as well. <clears throat> it wasn't simply or only Lon and myself, you know, exploring that we st- we had conversations with our, our children, you know, who are grown and engaging in that exploration and many, many friends. And it was very revealing because, you know, if it were just us talking to each other, there'd be a certain amount that we could see and discover between us. For Mm -hmm. sure. But it was the inclusion of other people and Mm -hmm. what other people were seeing and, you know, coming in a sense, like coming upon, you know, it wasn't like coming from, I already know, now I'm going to tell you, it was like we were uh, explorers off there together and their willingness to explore with us just continued to reveal that whole opening for what is a relationship. Uh, and I sort of get the sense that that exploration with others has not stopped. No, in fact, <laughs> if anything, you know, you could say, well, you've come across the answer now, you know, uh-huh. you're done. And now you just go around and tell everybody that answer. What seems to continue for us is that exploration, because we find each time we're with a group of people, there's something new that we discover and learn that we hadn't seen before. So uh-huh. we know we don't have it all locked up. Uh-huh. We know we have sufficiently gotten a hold of what a relationship is that we can have people experience it in their own lives and there are, see it. Yeah, there are some things, what we'll call some basics, 
that haven't changed. Even as we work with people and discover with people like that, there's uh, several things that just haven't changed. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, it's kind of based on that. Well, give give us an give it, Lon. Give us an example. I mean, something that you know can be easily uh, grasped, understood. Well, since the first one of the first things we saw is that there's no such thing as a relationship. <laughs> that was Excuse me. Yeah, right. And it was interesting. But what I mean by that is when we saw that there's no such thing as relationship, uh, we also saw with regards to family, there's no such thing as a family. In fact, we discovered that because we asked young people, what is a family? In our family workshops, we asked them, what is a family? And uh, they would try to point to something and they would point to things, but they couldn't point to family, if you will. You know, they they might even point to a couple of people or something like their Well, they could say, something. yeah, that's my mother. That's my father, yeah. you know, as a kind of framework for what they thought a family was, but they uh-huh. couldn't point to family. Yeah. So, it, so fam, family, and, and then we saw it with regards to relationship, <clears throat> uh, is uh, not a physical thing. So it's not something you can deal with as a physical thing. It exists in some other realm. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, as we started to discover, uh, it exists in the same realm as a lot of things that are very important to people, um, communities, countries, mm-hmm. uh, art, mm-hmm. music. Uh, those sound like they sure sound like physical things. But, you know, while sounds are physical, music is actually a way of looking at sounds and making sounds and experiencing sound and experiencing sounds. And the same thing as art. Well, you could say art looks very physical. Uh, all that's there is stuff. You know, there might be some canvas and some pigment and stuff smeared on the canvas, uh, or there might be some stone and shaped a particular way, but that that is art is said, not doesn't exist in the stuff itself. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, so relationship is one of those things. And when you start to look at it, you say, well, you know, if it doesn't exist as a physical thing, what does it exist as or where? And we started with, where is it if it's not physical? And, uh, and we found like many things that are very, very important to people that, uh, exists fundamentally in language. And that, Insight alone, mm-hmm. uh, which maybe uh, other people have known for thousands of years, I don't know. But that insight for us alone uh, kind of yielded this notion of if relationship exists in language, you've got a lot to say about how your relationships go, so to speak. Okay? Yes. You have, you have, Kind of the magic wand in your mouth. Well, yeah. When you listen to people <laughs> talking about a loved one or a, or a friend or a partner, you know, if you listen to what they're saying about that person, mm-hmm. you can see the quality of the relationship in the language or the words that they use. So if I said about Lon, you know, Lon is really an amazingly wonderful, warm, caring human being. That would give you an idea of the quality of the relationship 
that yeah, I have. It's not done. about him. It's about the quality of the relationship. It's what I'm saying. Right. I'm the one who said that he's caring and gentle. Like, it sounds like I'm reporting it. Uh-huh. But it, it isn't a report. It's my experience of who he is, how he occurs for me. She's not so, reporting about something that exists somewhere. <laughs> it, it exists in the reporting. Yes. So yeah. it, it's basically how you experience lawn inside you. Exactly. Yeah. Just and you're doing the best you can to communicate it to another person, which is probably quite shallow to how you really experience him. Yeah. Yes. Or just what feelings you have or whatever. Yeah. You yeah. have to watch out a little bit, John, that it's not inside you. I mean, it's a, it's, that is a, that is a manner of speaking, if you will. It's, uh, and sometimes when people say it and they don't realize that it's just a way of saying something uh-huh. that you're having difficulty saying, if they start to believe that it's inside, then we have to question <laughs> that because we'll look inside you, we'll get a physician and we're not going to find the relationship or a quality of, our relationship inside. No, I won't be letting that physician even touch me, <laughs> yes. especially these days. Yeah. Exactly. You know, so I, I actually asked that question because of some other work that I've done in the past with somebody mm-hmm. where that person encouraged people to express linguistically how they experience another person inside them. Yes. So it's like the lawn and Sandy in me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm starting to, you know, I'm starting to it. I'm starting to understand that it doesn't exist really. Yeah, and it's not in it's not so much in you but for you. Who for Lon me. and Sandy are for you mm-hmm. is very different than who is Lon and Sandy in you. Uh-huh. It doesn't locate you. Yes. Sorry, it doesn't locate Lon and Sandy some somewhere. Place. Right. Yeah. Right. And most people, when they say in you, think of, you know, they got to think of in your body because that's as close as we can get to a representation of ourselves physically, you know? So, you know, one thing in my observation with you guys is that without giving away ages is you guys are awfully young for your age. (laughs) Okay. So, and and I get that a lot myself. People go, you're what? And I go, yeah, I am. You don't seem that. And it's, it's, um. I wanted to actually ask about that because, I mean, you know, young at heart, right? Right. And I don't think it exists in my head. I do think it exists. If there's a where lawn, excuse me, it's in my heart. Yeah. Yeah. Because I don't, I, I don't pay attention to what should be. I, I pay attention to what is. Yeah. Well, I think to a large extent, I would say it that uh, the age of a person is in the way they speak. Uh, They're either speaking old or they're speaking young. Uh, They're speaking uh, tired or they're speaking uh, alive. They're, you know, whatever is it, the way that they're speaking, that pretty much demonstrates their age. Uh, regardless of the years that the body has been around. And I think that's what you're talking about. You're not talking about the body. Uh, You're talking about uh, some kind of uh, spirit. Uh, Uh And that's not not a way to, it's a way, it's a way of saying it, you know, if you really kind of understand or have looked and inquired about spirit a little bit. Yeah. But I think you're talking more about that than you are talking about physical. Yeah. Okay. So Sandy, 
Um, is I know your perspective probably is a little bit different, but when, when I came to find out that you had this whole program going on with family and specifically parent, you know, I'm, I'm hoping in the future that we can address that a little bit more and share that because that's a whole piece I didn't even know existed. And it's on, it's on your podcast where you were talking about, yeah, we have a whole workshop on parent. Yeah, we do. And not parenting. No, thank goodness, not about parenting. That would take, um, you know, libraries and years of work. Really, yeah. uh, context, maybe the uh, clearing for being a parent is uh, have been altered over time. Uh-huh. And it's become for many people, not everybody, but many people, and a kind of um, living in a kind of burdensome kind of way or uh-huh. – you know, uh, oblig- obligatory kind of way, you know, work, effort, you know, you have got to make sure those children turn out. Uh-huh. And uh, in the work we do is um, really relieve people of that. Uh, you know, we don't go in and take anything out of them. Uh-huh. But the work that we do is designed to open up to reveal what the job of a parent is. And mm-hmm. frankly, they don't know. It's well, turned yeah. into something additionally, John, that mm. we would say now leaves people. Uh, in some cases, the name of our workshop, by the way, is called Parents Outside the Trap. So it's indicative of the view, at least, that we have that parents are in a kind of trap. They wanted to have a children. They wanted to have a family. They were thrilled. They're excited. And somehow or other, at least in moments and periods of time, it doesn't occur that way. Mm. It like, oh my God, what did I get myself into? How am I ever going to get through this? You know, it's too much, too much, too much. So our work is about creating a kind of freedom and ease and peace around that opportunity in their life called being a parent. See, a parent is, parenting is doing. Yep. And, and you just can't do enough. (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. It's such, I mean, it's such, it turns into such a burden for people. And they, uh, most people have this idea, especially as parents, actually, they have this idea about themselves as individuals, that they should be doing more, accomplishing more, uh, saying more, finishing more, uh, uh, producing more, manufacturing more. You know, uh, if you start to look at parent from the point of view of what a parent does, there's never, there's hardly an end to it. Yeah. You know? Where do you where do you stop doing? Well, yeah. one of the things I would say, John, and this is an expression, you know how when a baby is born, they there's this umbilical cord, this attachment, yes, you know, between the mother and the child. Uh, I would say that that's that they say they cut it, you know, yeah. like so, and that they're not attached. I don't think that's actually how people live. There's enormous attachment. If our children, for instance, are not behaving a certain way or they're not accomplishing the things that we think they should be accomplishing, you know, we are attached yes. to how our children are being seen and known in the world. Yes. If they're doing really, really well. There's a sense of like pride and we must have done something right. There is a huge attachment. Yes. And that's where the trap lives as well. Uh huh. And that's where it never really ends. That's right. Yeah. It's a for the rest of your life. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing more about that too. Thank so, you. <laughs> no, I can't wait. 
we've, we've only got, we've got one basic intent with regards to what we're doing. Okay. People experience a peace and freedom and ease in their relationships, in their families, in their lives. And people say that that's been my experience. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, one thing I wanted to talk about is, um, at this time, you have something coming up in your in the the community call this Sunday, and once again, I'm going to encourage people to go to Relationship by Design, go to the community page, and sign up. And it's an awfully great way to just uh, put your toe in the water a little bit and get to know Relationship by Design, Sandy and Lawn, and other people in the community. But you've you're you're coming up, and you've you've you said that you wanted to talk about distancing relationships. So this is a warm up for an upcoming Sunday. So well, it, thanks, John. As soon as you talk about distancing, yeah. you're gonna think of it in terms of relationship. Of a lot of people may think of distancing. They think of a virus, you know, or the Corona virus thing, mm-hmm. you know, see mm-hmm. COVID-19. So distancing, uh, I think brings up, some things for people, mm-hmm. but we immediately think of uh, distancing in terms of how, what is the effect on relationships? What is mm-hmm. the relationships effect on it? You know, mm-hmm. how, how do, how does distancing fit in with relationships? And, uh, and, and, you know, you could say, well, gosh, it's gotta be fundamental because uh, relationships have something to do with how close or how far people are from each other. So obviously uh, there is that. And, and we were dismayed. Sandy saw it first. uh, And I think our speaking with other people, it showed up with other people as well uh, that this notion of social distancing was off. Mm -hmm. uh, As a matter of fact, it actually could be damaging because social distancing is putting the personage <laughs> the uh, f- apart from each other. Yeah. So Sandy said, you know, this is not social distancing. This is physical distancing. Right. And what we're really looking for at this time is social closeness or yeah. social connection, not social distancing. As a matter of fact, that's kind of where we started to think about um, maybe this physical distancing actually is an opportunity for a greater social or we'll say relational is an opportunity for a re- relational closeness. Yes. This, we could have a relational breakthrough out of this. Uh, As a phys- society. Physical distancing. Yeah. Well, that's how I'm experiencing it. You yeah. know, I'm, I'm, I'm having conversations with people I never had, but I wanted to tell you something interesting is a couple of weeks ago, I went to Trader Joe's mm-hmm. and that's before you were required to wear a mask. Right. So everybody was doing six feet apart from each other. And I was having conversations with people mm-hmm. and it was like, you know, and this one guy said, you know, I'm actually really enjoying this because I'm, I've had to slow down and I'm, you know, and we just got into a fabulous conversation. But today I went and I had to wear a mask and it all changed. Uh Yeah. Because there was, there was a disconnection of, um, I don't know what to say, but of expression. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. I was going to say language. That's right. Language. Uh, Exactly. Almost like something's in the way physically of language. Yes. 
Yeah, hey. the mask. So everyone's looking like a bandit. And yeah. uh, I, I, I reached out to this one couple and I said, uh, can't remember what I said. It's, it's like I, I said something like, hey, we all look like bandits, don't we? And this guy just kind of shrugged, you know. And, um, you know, I, I'm really wanting to reach out to people. I'm wanting to help people reach out to others. I mean, it's just pick up the phone, get on Zoom, whatever it is, you know. Well, you're actually, in, in our view, you're seeing more of it like people are pulled to uh, be with each other, speak yeah. with each other. Do you know, it's kind of like you're uh, seeing that our being together is missing. For the most part, it's so obvious that we don't notice that in many cases, our physical closeness is not necessarily relational closeness, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and the physical uh, distancing has now produced a kind of awareness that in many cases, uh, relational closeness has been missing. Mm-hmm. And there's this kind of pull to, uh, as far as we can tell, to be with it, with each other, to see with each other, to uh, not just uh, be around each other physically, um, but actually uh, talk, communicate, you know, like that. In fact, it's interesting. Um, we're thinking about uh, relationship and what's happening. And I think we're starting to what do you see evidence, so to speak, of our notion that relationship is natural uh, and not normal. <laughs> a lot of people, you know, uh, have natural and normal kind of conflated. You know, they're t- they have them uh, collapsed together. Uh, but if you look at it, there's a lot of uh, evidence that relationship nowadays is not normal. If you look at the therapy that's that people go to the, um, oh, I don't know the, uh, what am I looking for? Well, Another word. Uh, oh, go ahead. Sam. Well, I was thinking that, you know, part of what we have to do to kind of get ourselves socially connected is we have to have like icebreakers, you know, you have to do yeah. something to kind of break the ice uh, that, that is, um, that's not natural. Yeah, it's a little. That's a little bit of an indicator that uh, relationship is not now not being related as normal, not yeah. experiencing being related as normal because you got to have these icebreakers, you got to have therapy to get the relationship to work, or you got to have uh, find out the five secrets for successful relationships. You know, yeah, I know. Or in, 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 in my dealings with networking groups, you have your 17 second elevator speech <laughs> like yes. that. Yeah. It's just like, what an elevate, what's an elevator speech. When I first, it's just, Oh, you're in an elevator and you have 17 seconds to get to the next floor and tell people what you do. Yeah. I'm not going to tell people what I do. And I tell people this, people come up to me and they go, uh, what do you do? And I go, well, I'll tell you what I do, but not till after I get to know you. And yeah. I don't even want you to tell me what you do. If, and this is what I say, actually, I say, I want to get to know you. And if I, and if I like you, then I'll ask you about your stuff. Yeah. And that thing right there, which you just said, John, if I like you see a lot of people are running around inside of the fear of being disliked or not being accepted or not being enough or yep. not 
insufficient or whatever that is. So when you really begin to see it, uh, to a large extent, fear is shaping relationships. Maybe not totally, maybe not fully, but when you look at it, there's we have yet to find a relationship that isn't shaped somewhat by fear, so to some greater or lesser extent. You know, whether the fear is a fear of making a mistake around the person or being insufficient or getting disappointed and not getting what you expected or I don't know, or them finding out that you are afraid of certain things, which like those secret things that you don't tell people usually. Yeah. Yeah. And and if they might find out. I, I don't remember growing up where someone said, be afraid. They kept on saying, don't be afraid. It'll be okay. Uh, yeah. It'll, yeah, don't worry. Uh, it, it'll work out. So uh, it, it kind of, it kind of uh, illuminates that where we human beings often reside is in fear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if, if we didn't, someone would say, hey, be afraid for a while. Yeah. Well, or John, it <clears throat> would even be that there wouldn't be this kind of pretense of that having to get to know you kind of thing. The pretense of like asking the right question, you know, kind of feeling each other out. Yeah, yeah that's, that's what we normally do. But naturally, there's a sense of connection that's that goes because we're so caught up in the fear that we're now strategizing how to kind of make friends to navigate it instead of just being friends. Yeah, exactly. Well, one concern I have is I hear over and over and over uh, many people talk, um, they bring in this fight or flight. Yes. It's just like, Oh, it's either fight or flight. That's it. Yeah. <clears throat> and I know it's in a context, I know it's in a certain context of, yeah. you know, trauma or the tigers chasing you or whatever it is, but, but it's just like, it's fairly limiting actually. Well, but whatever it is, it's both are rooted in fear. Flight yep. is rooted in fear. Fight is rooted in fear. You know, mm-hmm. it's just two different ways to respond to fear. So, uh, and one of the major fears people have is that people are going to see their fears. You know, it's amazing how much uh, people strategize in their lives and in their relationships to do things to make sure that their fears aren't disclosed. You know, maybe it's because of the fear of your fear is going to be used against you or something. I don't know. But but it really is when comes right down to it. When we do our workshops, uh, we have have an exercise where people have a chance to express their fears with their partners. And mm-hmm. it's amazing. And in the family workshops, when we have the families, you know, the kids along with the parents kind of going around in circle, alternate, alternately sharing their fears. Yeah. The kids come out of that just so alive because they realize that it's okay to be afraid. Even their parents are afraid, you know, of yeah. certain, things. And all of a sudden, the the freedom, if you will, to be afraid and to express it starts to have the fear dissipate. So as distinct from coming up with strategies, you come up with communicating the fears 
and you'll watch them start to dissolve. Yeah. And closeness starts to That's happen. what I was going to say. What starts to occur is that you feel closer to the other person now. You know, there isn't that kind of pretense over the top. There's the real person. And that's what I think we all are yearning for. So yeah. I think some people that are very, uh, um, like taking advantage of this time of physical distancing and they're not uh, distancing themselves communicatively, if you will, mm-hmm. communication wise, they're actually getting closer by communicating with people. They're taking the opportunity. It's, it's, it's kind of like um, physical distancing has become for some an opportunity to get closer with people relationally in communicating with them from a distance. Some people, I suppose, use physical distancing as a kind of relief so they don't have to talk with people. You know, it's kind of like, oh, finally. Uh, But that's a function of fear as well. But if you really start to look at it, it could be that the physical distancing could be a boon uh, to relationship because people actually discover how much they miss. Yes. Not, not miss being around people, but not just being around them physically, but being around them communicatively. Yes. You know, speaking, yeah. talking and sharing and expressing themselves. Yeah. So uh, as you know, as <laughs> communication uh, kind of reduces the social distancing and communication doesn't require closeness physically uh, to exist. So uh, we've actually found ourselves with more time without being busy doing stuff, more Yay. time to talk with people and speak with people. Indeed, and man. our life uh, over the last <clears throat> few weeks have our lives have expanded, yes. you know, because we've uh, been not closer to people physically, but closer to people communicatively. Yes. Uh, relationally is the way I would say it. Okay. Yeah, that's what I'm experiencing well, too. It's more often it's more present. It's mm-hmm. happening. Uh, and, and I, as far as I can tell, the more you communicate beyond the fears and communicate the fears the more there's the experience of of love and appreciation for people. So it's almost like when when the last mm, communicating the fears, if you will, breaks the back of relational distancing. And when the last thing is communicated, the last thing that people avoid communicating, Mm -hmm. it's there to say, after all the rest of the stuff is said, is I love you. Mm -hmm. You know, Oh my gosh. <laughs> I was talking with my best friend this morning, uh, you know, after I uh, did a walk and, uh, and he left the phone call saying, I love you, you know, and that's doesn't happen very often between a couple of men, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of like, uh, maybe the greatest benefit of this time of physical distancing is the opportunity to say, I love you. Yes. Not from fear or loss. A lot of people say, I love you. It's the, it finally comes out when they're losing somebody, you know, somebody's dying, but to actually uh, experience the, I love you in your life now, you know, your uh, love for others. Yeah. 
physical distancing could be said to be an opportunity for uh, relational closeness. Well, I'm aware of your time constraints, and I think we might have a title for this episode. It could be called Relationship, Freedom, Peace, Ease, I Love You. (laughs) Something like that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Relationship at the very, very end is I Love You. Yeah. Right, you guys. I want to encourage everybody to go visit relationshipbydesign.com and just sign up on the community page. I think it's great we're doing that because you don't have to have gone through any of the workshops, although it's highly encouraged. And one of the great things we've done is gone from location workshops to time zone workshops. So now we're like available all over the place, all over the world, whatever time zone you want to jump into that works for you, right? A night person, you can start the workshop at 10 p.m., right? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You're going to be leaving that one long, are you? (laughs) Or at least 5 p.m. in Sweden, for instance. Yeah. 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 All right. Good. Well, uh, have a nice evening. I'll talk to you guys later. All right. right. Thanks, Thanks, John. John.